G'day punters, welcome to the Deep Dive. Pete Anthonis alongside Shane Curlio, Jackson Oldham and Rob Scurry. Here to review Everest weekend, Caulfield Cup weekend, uh, the start of the T20 World Cup, which Jackson was live there at Geelong to watch some of the worst teams in the world perform uh, below expectations. It was magnificent. We'll talk reaction videos as well. And of course, all of this is brought to you by Punning Form, the sectional database that can help you become a better punter just with the ability to take notes. But as long with that, uh, looking at the adjusted diggers, and if you'd listened to my rant the other week regarding Nature Strip, you probably would have tried to find something to beat him. But I forgot I actually said all that. But anyway, we'll get to the Everest. We're going to start with the bad beat hotline for ourselves because collectively we won, but I don't think I've seen a weekend where we had so many narrow seconds, um, bad beats thrown in. Curls, you had so dapper two and a half units at $3.20, Axe at 2.2 units at $3. Uh, Jackson and myself, gold trip, I think I had half a unit, best of the best. Jackson, did you send half a unit or was it a full unit? Uh, half a unit. Half a unit as well. I had sent Bandersnatch one and a half units at best of the best. Angry Skies, one unit. Uh, Rob, you had one unit on Honey Creeper as well? Yep. Uh, Massimo one unit nine dollars there at Ascot and this will test you which I think is probably my best bet of the year so far uh, which didn't win I've marked it four dollars fifty favorite sent a full unit at sixteen dollars and somehow it's been nailed um, and personally I sent two horses that I had marked favorite was taking anywhere from sixteen to twenty one dollars and both of them have been nailed by horses on the line who settled four back defense I just I don't think I've seen anything as ludicrous as what happened there on Saturday. Uh, who wants to start? Rob, I'll start with you because Honey Creeper, for all money, how did it not go past? Well, it's, it's only got out of the 200. Um, I, I, I had too much on pre-race, um, and then I went again once he settled off the fence and was, was, I was expecting it to get further back in the run, or Mark Roden was, my map man, and uh, it just seemed to find the perfect spot. Uh, I, I was uh, hanging out with a couple of shout out to Corey and Sean, uh, mailbag, good long time mailbag VIPs. They watched the race with me. And I, I just called this weird traveling boys from the 800. This is, this is going to win. Oh, we're stuck. We're stuck. We're stuck. Um, and it's got out with 200 to go and it's picked up three, three and a half lengths and to go down by a half head. I think you have to, you know, not that I do any pricing work or anything, but I think you repriced our horse six to four. And I thought it was the best losing bet we'll see all day until I saw yours in Perth. Uh, I mean, look, this will test you. Yeah, trialed enormous. I think the market still hasn't caught up with the fact that this horse has changed stables and it's gone to a new level. Uh, Mitchell Pateman used to be regular jockey for the horse. Uh, had a lot to do with it before it even got to the track. And now it's in his care. It has performed to an ability that we haven't seen under the care of Adam Durant. So it's it's not usually something that a big, the bigger data players are necessarily going to pick up on um, until after the fact. And this is the opportunity. Wide draw first up, plenty of speed drawn out wide, find a position in run, a little bit of cover, did so with Tash Faithful on board, peeled at the right time, hit the front, Macca wasn't even calling it in the straight, which is bizarre. We're listening to it myself and Matt Barker and Jackson's car and just going, where, where is it? Where is it? And then he starts calling it when it's all over. Uh, and then until Miss Kentucky, who settles four back the fence, doesn't go around a horse, the seas part off the rail. Patrick Carberry, who hasn't really been riding that well, but always seems to find a way to ride well at this time of year, flies up the inside and nails us on the line. Just unreal unreal stupidity racing sometimes um 
but Jackson, angry skies, uh, got the day off to, I guess, a, a frustrating start, but then gold trip was the icing on the cake, surely. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I must commend you, Pistol, for the way you take a bad beat. Um, we were in the car at the lights and we were listening to that Ascot race and then watching it uh, 20 seconds later on your phone. And I blew up far more with my one unit of $4 Angry Skies than you did with your one full unit of $21 as will test you. So um, a commendable effort. But, yeah, uh, Angry Skies just laid out in the straight, probably cost of the race, and then Gold Trip. We were being we were hailing at the winner, and as were the implied punters as a traded sub one uh, one dollar ten. Yeah, one dollar eight. I think it was uh, trading for for bulk cash there in the straight. Um, we'll get to the Caulfield Cup curls uh, between so dapper and acts. What was the one that really hit you the hardest? Um. Oh look, I, look. I'm not saying so that so dapper didn't have its chance. It led and then rolled off the fence and. Uh, Wendy Peer was behind the leader on Black Log and she didn't have to make a decision. She just stuck to the fence and whipped it. That's what she's good at. Um, and the filthy thing just put its head down at the right time to knock us off. Um, but that was okay because um, we're on uh, highlights earlier in the day who won yep. with the head down at the right time. The one that annoyed me the most was Axe. Um Drifted late bet fair. It was almost drifted late because someone knew they were going to restrain it out of the gates and not get, and not race on speed. That's what it like felt like to me. I was like, the favourite was Mass Destruction, who was uh, my bet my best lay of yeah. the day on on bet fair on the because um, it's like it's just no good and it's a <laughs> non winner. Apart from that, you know, it was yeah. backed in from three dollars to two twenty. So like, um ridiculous uh and then yeah she restrained yeah restrained axe out of the gate and takes away its best asset oh, i thought um it won uh the wheat would at listed level the start before um you know on speed and hard to run down and i just turned this into a sit sprint the race went five legs slow um and it's coming off a you know off a last start performance where it, you know it was all its best runs have been on speed sort of running along so it's got out sprinted frustrating that, that run prior as well at the gold coast i backed it that day because I, rem- I remember the horse and they went like it was super super quick and the horse yeah. was so good and it, it got beaten a nose that day so i don't know the horse has gone out about nine lengths slower than what it has in its previous two races for class um and just got out sprinted on the day so that was a bit frustrating so i uh shut my computer cracked the sheets and said i'm gonna toowoomba to back two morals and i did and they both won absolutely god bless me Good finish, anyway. good strong finish. I was more upset about yours, Pistol, because I was taking unders with the local bookmaker at Toowoomba there betting cash <laughs> as well as <laughs> as well as well um, backing them on Betfair. Um, yeah, so just yes, a little bit sickening those seconds, but we won because that's what we do. Yes, yes, indeed. And uh, look, we're, you know, we're still early days in, in the biggest time of year, so it's good to be on the right side of things um, in the most competitive markets going around. Look, before we jump into the review, um, reaction videos, we've seen a few over the last couple of weeks. Uh, love them, hate them. You know, they're, they're good theatre, they're good content. Uh, Jack Dickens, obviously, was initially the clubhouse leader with his uh, Degeneration X send-up of uh, two runners so far. I wish I win. Failing obviously in the Turak, and then 
nature strip getting run over there in the Everest by Giga Kick, but there's a late nomination to challenge for the best worst reaction video of the weekend. Kills, you want to elaborate on this? I think Rob Scurry might have fun nominated this one, Peter. Go for it, Rob. <laughs> I could only watch half of it, um, and I only <laughs> saw it this morning. And uh, it was Andrew Hawkins um, reacting to the win of uh, Durston, um, who I did say a few weeks ago was the best Sydney star. Um, <laughs> full credit me. Um, didn't back it, thought it'd be too wet, a bit like Madame Pomeroy. <laughs> Somehow manages to win. Uh, I, I, I just saw it. I, when he was on the floor crying, I just had to um, turn it off. I couldn't, I couldn't. Did anyone get through the whole video? Um, that's, a, that's a negative for me. But, no, uh, I didn't. I'm only being informed as of right now, so I'll have to go back and, and watch it yeah. at a later date. Well, you know I'm a fan of cringe comedy, um, but this 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 wasn't funny. This is just <laughs> unadulterated cringe for me. Um, I was more cringing at the fact that, uh, you know, this horse's yo-yoing performances and market moves to suit to match performances and then how this thing peaks and wins a Caulfield Cup is... Uh, well, how, I'm not saying it peak, but how this horse has won a Caulfield Cup is completely beyond me, but I suppose we should save that for later as we dissect the race, Peter. Yeah, exactly right. Look, if you are happy to record a reaction video, whether it be a win or a loss, uh, get in touch with, obviously, Dicko, because I'm sure he's rubbing in your face. He would love it just as much if you rub it in his face. Um, reaction video. I was literally... I, I'm flying to Melbourne on Wednesday, Peter, and I plan on literally rubbing in his face and videoing it at the same time. <laughs> when I'm back a winner. <laughs> when, uh, if I'm back a winner, ever. Two positively charged ions going at it. Can't wait. Um, all right, let's start with some of the racing. I don't think there was a main event, but we'll start with the Everest just because uh, the overall race in terms of the speed on puntingform.com.au for the class, they've gone 1.4 lengths fast to the 600, which is an even tempo. The overall figure on the card, look, Giga Kick has recorded the best figure on the day if you exclude Cascadian's race, which uh, I will because it's a almost a bit of an outlier, some of these longer distance races when they run them at tempo. Um Look, what do we make of, of the beaten brigade? Private Eye, it's probably established himself with a really good win there first up um, and is obviously humming at his best. Mazu, I think, again, we established early days that this horse, when it was once favourite for the Everest or second favourite for the Everest, was clearly not going to be winning the race, but he's gone close, beaten one length. Nature Strip, three wide, no cover, peaked. Um, I actually had to go back and listen to my general commentary after it's his first up run and I was trying to put a line through him. I should have listened to my own advice and then kept going. But uh, in the end, I didn't do anything in the race, but there was obviously a reason there. Um, those slow races, I just don't like them as conditioning events and he's gassed out over the last 200. Jack and O's ran fifth, beaten 1.6, but then horses like Overpass, Kementari, Shades of Rose, they've all been beaten about two and a half to three lengths and Mask Crusader, who was about four or five lengths slow out of the gates has only finished three and a half lengths behind them. Eduardo looks gone. Joyful fortune can't run 1200 and ingratiating did nothing. This race looks awful in review. Rob, what did you think? Some fantastic looking sprinters. I, I was just a bit over it. And one of the reasons I don't like doing preview shows is because I can say things that stick mm. in my mind and I think I said uh, Giga Kick can't win. 
Uh, and so I looked at it and um, I thought, I think I made a comment, um, you know, good three-year-old sprinting type. And what it said of me remembering, oh, you know, Rob said it can't win, so it still can't win. I should have remembered Jacko saying, this horse has been fat, 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 fat every run. And um, here it was, it looked, it looked cherry ripe to me. Um, I'm not sure, Jacko, is he usually a sort of like a sharp parader? Like he was he was sort of prancing around there, yeah. you know, beautifully. And um, yeah, he paraded really, really well. And yeah, I, I was I just got a bit tired and I couldn't force. I think I had a little bit of little bet on ingratiating, which went terribly. Um by a little bit. I was a really little bit just just for something. It's like, you know, saying stay out of the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. Maybe you know <laughs> I had to have something, but um yeah I was I was just a bit was, I was just a bit over it by this stage um I, a bit over the Everest just before the Everest yeah well Jacko <laughs> um the first day I turned back up in Melbourne we saw Giggy Kick at Flemington and he had just come off a bit of a let up it was around forty nine days or so and I remember saying to you I thought he would look more forward than this and he just really had a bit of condition on him his coat yep. hadn't come through you could still tell he was obviously fit athletic and so forth but. Even then when we saw him, um, oh, sorry, it was Caulfield, I think it might have been when I first saw him. Uh, he was managed to knock off Alpha One who we were on, on that occasion. Then we saw him at Flemington when he's held off Buenos Nachos. Uh, and, like, both times you're just looking at him going, you've still got a bit more improvement to come. Yeah, uh, 100%. Um, I had a pretty big spook on this horse off his, <laughs> mail, uh, off his mane at sale. And I've just never got anything out of him. Um, so first up, Flemington, when he won, resuming over a 1,000, he was obese and still won. And then I thought, yeah, he had plenty of improvement to come and Alpha 1 was tied down, so back to Alpha 1. Kiki got him. And then, yeah, there was still improvement there last start. Um, um, last start in Melbourne at Flemington in the uh, Dane Hill, and he's obviously come on leaps and bounds off that from a yard point of view. And Performance point of view. Yeah. And look, it'll be fascinating to see if Clayton Douglas then tries to run him in the Coolmore, which was your initial, you know, after that sale uh, performance, you basically threw it out to to some of the, the mailbag team and said, oh, this thing could win the, the Coolmore at, was it 50 to 1 at the time? 50s. Yep. Okay. Uh, now, Rob, how did Nature Strip parade? Because he can be absolutely perfect and he can be just off perfect at times and we've seen his second up performance previously has been below par or below his absolute best this is obviously a slightly different preparation having been to england come back you trust chris Waller to be able to get him absolutely perfect for the grand final but how did he look on the day uh he looked he looked well very relaxed he, i think i described him as zen in my uh yeah. in my um text message uh, but maybe you look better first up, or maybe just all the other horses have come on a little bit, so he doesn't didn't quite stand out as much. It could be either of those things, but you know, he's a very impressive, smooth walking giant of a thing. You know, he's you know a benchmark in my mind of what the best sprinter will look like. I never got to see Black Caviar in the flesh, but um, yeah, he 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 will forever be the the benchmark of best looking sort of sprinter that I've seen. Okay. Uh, look, this does have a little bit of the, you know, one more run. Um, going back through Nature Strip's Chris Waller history on punting forms data, every time he's gone through one of these slow tempo races, whether he's won or lost, he's come out and performed disappointingly the next start. So 
taking the improvement of about five lengths first up to second up here. If he runs around once more on, I imagine what will be stakes day or champions day, or whatever they're calling it now, final day at Flemington. I think he'll be an absolute nightmare to get past. And hopefully it's the old Mark Roden rule. We'll get $3 plus on him, but um, mm. you would want to be a serious horse to be knocking him off. If he goes once more, anyone have it a differing mm. opinion? Oh, no. I've got some. I've got some queries on the of some of the results here, Peter. Uh, the beaten the beaten margins from Nature Strip to overpass was one point seven. Kementari was one point eight. Shades of Rose was two. There's some differing opinions around how fast they went early. Yeah, there is. Um, like I've seen fast tempos tweeted. I've seen even tempos discussed. Um, so how do you look at that? Well, firstly, um, like it's no secret that the that the Sydney jockeys don't like Nash, <laughs> and he's only enhanced his reputation there because he didn't give Eduardo every chance. He rode it to beat Nature Strip tactically. Um, Nature Strip. Travelled like as strongly as what he what you would have expected, like he has every other time he's been in the race. He certainly didn't travel on a thread, uh, as Rob described him when he won first up. Yeah, he was certainly uh, a lot more g'd up um, in run uh, Saturday, um, and he dashed for about a you know two hundred meters. Uh, he peaked at the at the hundred. Um, I thought he was entitled to win if he was the world's best sprinter. I didn't. It was as far as I was concerned, it was an even tempo, and he was better than them, and he should be able to, um, you know, put them away. I think that uh, that that you could argue, oh, you know, England and had to go with a different setup here. Was second up off a slow tempo, blah blah blah. He might be just gone. He is eight years old, and when I say gone, he might be a length off his best. And can't you know length or two off his best, and that's perfectly fine. He's eight years old. He can't keep stepping up. He could be, he could be the greatest lay of all time um, if he comes to Melbourne, and he'll probably win by six. No one will. <laughs> so, um, but I'm saying I've got. To, I'll, I'll happily be against him at odds on if he comes to Melbourne in two weeks' time. Happily off this because he's beat like overpass Peter overpass. He's beaten over past a length and a half. Yeah. Shades we... of Rose, lol. Mars Crusader gave him 15 lengths head start, lol. Joyful Fortune. He beat Joyful Fortune three, what, three or four lengths. What do we think of the ride? Um, I've got my, my opinion is that they just said, you know, you do you, J-Mac. You go out there. We were on the best horse. You just ride it as you see it. But it, but. It doesn't look like there was much sort of plan B sort of. Thing. I think looking at the overhead, to me, if he could have, if the horse would have come back under him, he would have slotted him behind Eduardo. But the horse wasn't coming back under Jamie, is what yeah. it looked like to me. Um, so, yeah, well, Jamie's probably made the right move then, totally. Like yeah, Joyful, I- Joyful Fortune's tactics were bold um, to try and hold the fence, and, and Nash's tactics were. You know, good to get to try and beat Nature Strip or get Nature Strip beat. Not sure which one, or maybe give Private Eye's chance. I don't know. 
depends how deep you want to look into the um, theories. Getting conspiratorial theories there. Mm. I'm just going to keep it very simple. The punting form data has been very consistent with this horse, regardless of if people have differing opinions on the early speed. But if you go back through his career under Chris Waller, this is his worst grand final figure overall, and he's coming off his third slowest performance of all time. So I don't think he was fit enough, personally. I don't think he was match fit enough. Now, oh, okay. what, what, what time is this recording here? That's the one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard. You've just <laughs> said that a Chris Waller runner wasn't fit enough in his grand final. That's as good as it gets. I mean, look, the, the, figures, <laughs> the figures right there. As you said, if he's the world's best sprinter, it doesn't really matter if he's sitting three wide, no cover. It's only an even tempo. We've seen him go much faster early and been able to record much bigger figures overall Bloody early oath. in preparations. Yeah. Now, we go back to last preparation in the TJ. It's a 3.2 length inferior performance to that. The previous preparation, he's actually run one length, only one length, 1.1 lengths. Uh, superior in the Everest when winning. So the actual figure itself isn't too much of a disgrace compared with when he's won the race previously. He then yeah. managed to come back and win the Dali Sprint Classic at the time, which uh, with a figure of four lengths that was superior to that of the performance here on Saturday. The previous preparation to that, he won the TJ Smith 1.4 lengths superior to what he did there on Saturday. The previous preparation to that, which he didn't win a race throughout that preparation, when he ran seventh in the Everest, it was basically the same figure. He then came back and ran second in the Dali Sprint Classic with a uh, 1.6 length superior performance. The preparation prior to that, he won the TJ, two lengths superior to what he did there on Saturday. And the preparation to that, he won the uh, the Dali Sprint Classic, fourth in the Everest. Both of those performances were three and four lengths superior to what he did there on Saturday. Yeah. That first up barrier troll, and this is what we kind of kept saying, all of these pretend races that are being propped up where you basically have such an incentive not to run outside of the top six, there is no risk being taken. If you go too fast early and your horse capitulates, well, you're stuffed because you've just basically blown out a whole heap of cash for the slot holder. But at the same time, you're not taking any risk going into these races by running them at a genuine tempo because that's not the grand final. This is just ruining competitive racing. And really you're looking at it and going, well, Geeky Kick was the horse that had upside. It's a three-year-old with the weight allowance coming out of a fast tempo race. You had an obvious game plan there from Willow to just basically keep the horse comfortable early, looked under pressure mid-race, but that was just a complete optical illusion because he's going quite slowly. And then he's exploded late. Like it was a perfect sort of setup in hindsight, but honestly, like it just makes doing the form for these races. Why would you even bother? These are not interesting races. They're designed to attract millions of dollars into the industry for people who won't ever be betting. And for the rest of us, like Rob, you had to put up with 46,000 lunatics there on like the, the biggest crowd there at Randwick since the 1960s. Who gives a shit, honestly? I don't. Yeah, what was um, it like, Rob? Did you even have internet reception? Because it was bad enough at Caulfield with 30-something thousand. Uh, I, I kind of, it was, it was not bad. Um, I had to get on my own hotspot a couple of times, but mate, I just, I, I just, um, had a good chat to, uh, one of the, uh, sort of security guards. I was in front of the Peking ducks sound system, uh, on the day and it pretty much didn't, didn't leave the mounting yard the whole day. It's just what went, went from there and then onto the old Morton Bay fig and watch the t- races on the screen. And then back, I, I went into the betting win a couple of times. Um, but I've got to say, met a, few mailbag subscribers shook a few hands met a few old old punters you know maybe 
that was uh, something to do with Everest Day. Someone I've been sort of like eyeing off for 20 years came over and said hello, um, which was which was odd. Um, but yeah, look, it was it was a beautiful day to be there. I thought the track improved more than I thought it would. Um, so you know, full, full credit to the track sub. Maybe ran with tracks not as terrible as I thought it was, but I, I thought it wouldn't wouldn't get much better than a heavy eight. Yeah, look, uh, I mean, the track obviously played well enough, as you said, um, but if you go through the punting form results here, um, the overall figures outside of the Everest and outside of the two staying races, I'm throwing in the Craven Plate 1800, but if you take the sprint journeys and the the mile races, slow tempo to the 600, very slow, even, very slow, 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 plain figures overall, um, it just sums up for a while what we've been seeing in Sydney. Lots of muddling tempos. And of course, the Sydney form isn't holding up as strong as previous years, Durston excluded. But he was coming out of faster run provincial races as well. The Newcastle Cup and I think the Wyong Cup from memory, they were particularly fast run races. So if you exclude those two events, a lot of these slow to moderate run Sydney races aren't holding up when you take these horses to other parts of the country. Fair, it's probably still follow on. Um, yeah, he, look, Ellsberg race looked looked ridiculous. The lady they just sort of gave that to him. Yeah, everything was just sort of half pulling behind him, and you know, once again, I couldn't handle backing Ellsberg. Did he did with the best horse in Australia last time? I know, I know. It was it, in a five year a race for five year olds. What is this? <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, look, that race day is just not for punters. Um, we know that. It's um, the truck's a different career. Just a couple of questions on the day, Peter. Uh, uh, Rob, sorry, were the sniffer dogs breeding <laughs> guests at the gate this week or was that only last week? No, no, they were there, wandering around, into the betting room, everywhere. <laughs> saw, saw, saw a few um, few young, young lads getting accosted i you know i didn't pay much attention not 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 my worry these days but um Eddie's, yeah are we, ex- are we expecting any sniffer dogs at uh manicato or cox plate day pistol just asking for a friend uh i wouldn't think so you just take the back way in anyway yeah Lester valley about, going going through the the legends bar what about geelong cup day on wednesday that would that could be uh oh, there'll be plenty there no, they won't be sniffer dogs. They'll be they'll be slinging pingers at the front gates of Geelong, won't they? have <laughs> <laughs> come this far. Uh, no, I'll take that back. I, I don't mean that at all. Um, uh, one thing I did take away from the Everest um, is that it has established itself uh, as a as a as a destination event for you know younger racing crowd, and and that's great. So hopefully, the takeaway for racing New South Wales is Volandis can stop with the cheesy, unfunny jokes, the cheesy one-liners that he pulls in the promotion of the race and leading up to the race and all the bullshit that goes with it, that the uh, the panderers that, that are employed by race, oh, sorry, that are employed by racing publications that are sponsored by Racing New South Wales, just stop the, with the bullshit now and just, like, celebrate the event for what it is and build it up in a more genuine way and not having to force it down throats or, you know, start this faux war. No one gives a shit because it's the, it's what happens on the track. We've seen it time and time again in racing. Good horses, uh, popular horses attract people to the races. We saw it with Black Caviar. We saw it with Winx. We're seeing it with Nature Street. Yep. The stars are on the track, not in the offices at Mount Druid or wherever they 
their offices are. Um, Druid Street. So that's, yeah, sorry. Druid Street, not Mount Druid. Isn't that Penrith? Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what I hope to take out of it. I hope someone takes out of it. Yeah. It's like just let and the we, horses and the jockeys do the talking and full credit, credit Willow, because he didn't stop talking after he won. We can, I can breathe breathe a sigh of relief. No more Kosciuszko ads. Yeah. No more Kosciuszko build. No more Everest. No more. Yeah. Well, we'll get forty six thousand at the Everest next year without all that bullshit. Yeah. If it's a nice day, because Sydney people are fair weather. You know, they come out if it's nice. If, if it's a hint of rain around twenty percent drop off. What did you say on Jacko uh, on Saturday, Jacko? It would just be another three weeks until the Everest advertising starts up again. That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah. We're forward to the build up about November third. <laughs> oh, like they've got a like they've got a genuine event now, and just like you can just just yeah. don't need that gimmicky bullshit now. Yeah. Look forward to seeing how many three year olds end up in the event next year, because as we've said, like the older brigade of horses that keep going around day after day, well, they're not being tested against anything up and coming. But it's good to see a couple of three year olds get a go. So. Hey, mm. Maybe next year will be a bit more exciting on paper than what we have this year. Um, let's leave Randwick there. Let's go to Caulfield. There was uh, a fair bit going on. Best performance of the day is actually Asfura, Asfura uh, in winning. What was a very slow tempo up front, but has really been able to just explode there over the last 400, Jacko. Those are a real big, fat splits. Don't know where that horse is going, um, but you'd think they would be stepping it up in towards a group one potentially next up? Yeah, I would think so. I'm, I'm not sure what the options are for the back end of the spring. It seems a very logical um, Oakley plate horse to me in the early autumn. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure what the targets are from here sort of going forward. There's not there's not a heap of her. Um, yep. She's quite a, a compact, lightly framed thing. So now, four, now fourth, fourth up this prep next start. Um Maybe maybe one more run and then the paddock, but yeah, I'm not sure where they go. But she's a serious serious horse, that's for sure. It's another it's another uh, elite number. Yeah, Britain uh, beaten brigade. You had Kalos, which I thought was was pretty good. Like you can't really do too much more giving Asura a head start. Uh, yep. Generation still doesn't look like he's at his top. Yeah, strange, isn't it? Yeah, um, that's now fourth up. It's another similar number. Oh, it's a little bit of a. a Drop off. Um, I've had. I've always had a pretty big opinion of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure where where he's at entirely, and I think they might have trouble placing him going forward. Um, I I thought I Dragonstone up the inside in the um in the worst going was uh was was very good and might be the horse to follow in the market. May well miss it next start as well. I thought. I was just looking to see if Generation's been on a quick backup previously, and the answer is no, he has not. They're usually spacing his runs, yeah. you know, sort of three, four weeks in between events. I, I was just half thinking maybe if he's done that previously, they'll try and back him up into the valley because obviously an on-speed horse is more than likely going to be suited and has run some okay figures there previously. But uh, maybe we'll wait and see for the, this weekend. Um Okay, if we have a look at the Tristark, that was the second biggest winning performance in the card. The winner was Chain of Lightning, who in run was a complete certainty. Yeah, complete and utter. Um, and it would have been great to unload if the internet was working. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh <laughs> so, so I was just I was just watching this race. And um, 
you just had the in-play odds up on your phone. I asked yep. you what price this was at the 800 and you said yep. 440. Yeah. I said, fuck, that looks a bit. Um, so, so some cash gone begging there. Look, this is um, – I got this horse wrong. I thought she was a group three at best off her first sort of two, three runs um, in Australia. Uh, that was wrong. She's just a, a very, very good horse off a height – off a good tempo, and the one time I've been with her was at short odds off a slow tempo when she got beat. Yeah, it wasn't the wet track. I don't think uh, it was just that race was just a fast, complete and utter fast there last start when when she went under. Um, the beaten horses behind her, um, you know, prior to Jenny, I think, can oh, I, I don't just, know. Just half a, 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 a Stepped a half length slow again, and Jay yeah. Carr, which is what I wanted to do, sort of like half revved her up, and she got pulling and over racing, and then led, and like just went, just went too fast. Yeah, and and I don't think there was really too much more to come physically out of her in yeah. the yard. I mean, if one camps in Victoria is going to get another run out of them and go to find, yeah. find winning form again, it'll be Marius's, but um, didn't look like there was much there. Paul's regret, um, you know, it was pretty solid as well, sitting there on speed. Was there anything else back in the field that made any ground you thought might be worth a look? I mean, Cliff Start's probably the one that stands out in the data. Yeah, um, I thought I thought Argentia was good enough last the last 100, 200 metres through the line, but the camp is completely cast. So I don't really want to stamp it as, stamp it as a horse moving forward. But I, good for the subs to be on Paul's regret at 40 to 1. I was on the place and it's run fourth. That was good. Yeah. Gross. Um, okay, let's talk about the the main event there at Caulfield, the Caulfield Cup, because it's overall speed very slow to the six hundred, five point four lengths slow to the six hundred. Look, that is not the first time that Tim Clark has got a tempo completely wrong, which is very out of style for arguably the best front running jockey in the country, with the exception of maybe Linda Meach. Um, but look, they've gone way too slow here, and he's only been run over late night order. Um, there was money for him early and then he drifted back out as the track was upgraded, but still I thought that was a really good performance. And if you backed Montefilia, you're definitely talking to us about it in the bad beat hotline. And um, look, Numerian was there, I thought, to win coming in towards the straight and was just out sprinted by a few others. Farron Declear was four wide, no cover. It's been beaten two lengths. Smoke and Romans probably didn't get the right run there on the turn and, if it gets the run of the winner, it probably goes a bit closer, but I'm still not totally convinced. And then it's just all bunch sort of numbers from there through the end of the field. Jacko, what was your review? Yeah, my review was, uh, unless your name is Montefilia, I'd be very concerned going forward. Um, and I sort of, as mentioned, has gone way too slow and has fallen into a place. And Charlie Rose, who looks, looked like it came directly from a paddock, has only been beaten <laughs> four lengths here. So, yeah. Um, Big concern on these horses uh, going towards the Melbourne Cup, which is kind of what we thought going in. MD, inch perfect on Durston. I had a a third or fourth in my numbers and didn't have a cent on. Gold trip, we we were just roaring, thought it was the winner. Uh, Bound to clear was good. I thought to be beaten less than two lengths. I thought it was good through the line. And, uh, yeah, as mentioned, Spoken Romans um, did not have the right run at all. If you want to trust the SP moving forward, you probably can. But, yeah, it looked looked, looked its race, the Caulfield Cup. I'd be 
avoiding all of these bar Montefilia going forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there was probably a small little interest there in Allegron. Um, seven yep. fastest last 200 on the card, settling last. It was yep. just one of those, like, going through the line. Again, probably not a great conditioning run if you're then jumping yeah, in something back. harder, but yep. might be one of those for exotics you know, up in distance. Hey, um, just on, just back on to Smoking Romans for a moment. Oh, I can't, I didn't see the start of the race, um, but you've got no weight. You're an on-speed horse. Like, was it tactically wrong? Like, not early. She lobbed in the absolute A A one and lost um, her spot again. Yeah, yeah. Riding okay. terribly. Right, like riding below her vest. Like that yeah. was a bad okay. ride. And look where it's ended up in the straight. Bad yeah. ride. Going past us the first time, I, I, I um, commented a pistol, perfect, like perfect yep. spot, just um, in the A1 slot. And then very similar to Old Flame, just um, whether it's a sleep at the wheel or or what, she just loses her spot again. It's, and yeah, it's very different riding stayers um, to riding sprint races, isn't it? You know, you have the, the speed changes dramatically. If you're not there at the right time, building momentum you just all of a sudden come off the bit and you, you lose ground it's um you know going through staying replays is completely wow. different to going through sprint replays and it takes a lot more time i find you have to really focus on the start of the race the mid race and obviously what happens in the straight to to get out of it which horses are suited and which weren't um what do we make of the front or the first two potentially going to a Melbourne Cup because I'm assuming that's where they're both going. Um, Durston's got a miracle split during the straight, courtesy of Mick D. And I think Gold Trip pretty much had every and has just peaked on the run late going to the line. But physically he, Rob, we, we were looking at him before the race. We went back to the stables and we had a look at him again before the race and we borrowed your today on Everline. So um, I think that was... Definitely his race. I'm not sure about him over 3,200 metres, but Durston I could probably get around. Um, it's not usually one of my form races going into a Melbourne Cup, but I don't think the depth is going to be there this year. But you did comment earlier, Rob, Durston best star in, in Sydney. I think that's that's fair. His win at Newcastle was, was awesome. Um, yeah, but was. yeah, I, I was just grayed up by his... Um, his performance on that wet track and then thinking another wet track would, would maybe slow him down, but um, it certainly didn't. Have, um, have a look at his profile, Rob. Have a look at his profile and his, and his, and the SP profile and the weight and the, and the market movements of when he runs well, this horse. Yeah. yeah. Justin, I'm talking about. It's a disgrace. They, they, it's a disgrace. They, 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 they seem to know. It. And um, yeah, I'd never seen on him either, which, which is crazy because, um, yeah, as I said, I thought he's the best player in Sydney. Um, I guess he created well again. Um, yeah. You know, good yeah, condition yeah. on him. He, he, he's a little compact. He's, I've got this thing about this B grade. Um, he's almost, he's little, but he's, he's a nice walking, moving type. You often see these little, Waller kind of staying in ports. They're kind of boxy looking, kind of stiff walking things. Well, this this one actually moves moves really well. Yeah, he was sort of just like slinking around after the race when he had his little celebrator's rug on, and you know, just was had the had the real sort of head nod going, and was just like yeah. lovely and relaxed. But uh, proper perfect Waller, Rob. You still had a bit of condition on him, and and looked like he could go again. So. Um, he's probably the one that I think really does look. I know he got the miracle split and so forth, but. You know, he, he does do profile it. like he will be able to go up in distance. And he's obviously won up to 2,900 previously overseas. Cool. What does that mean? 
Sorry, Rob, you go. Uh, does that trigger you a little bit when I say perfect waller all the time in my text messages every time you read it? Triggers me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely and utterly. That's what I thought. Sorry. Um, uh, I did a bit of Manny Yamaha myself on Saturday night. Found a winner and didn't send it. <laughs> Most of them paraded like hairy nose wombats. You're calling them panthers. I'm watching hairy nose wombats parade and zebras and donkeys. And it's unfair. Um, question for you, Peter and Jackson, out of this, um, like how far do the two international horses win by in on the first Tuesday in November? I mean, yeah. Oh, a long way? Yeah. A decent way? Some you can way. get 100 to ones at places. I've never meant to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, just, you just beat me to that. I'll be arming. Free um, money. Um, me and some good uh, family and friends are on at the 100 to one. So God bless us all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about. I'm going to leave the Munga stakes because I can't deal with Aegon coming across New Zealand. And oh, nor, nor can I, considering I backed it first up on the oh, advice just... of our bloodstock uh, racing manager, Jono. Yeah. Did uh, absolutely zero first up, drifted in the market and rushed accordingly, and it comes out in a whimsy. Too good, uh, Andrew Forsman, um, the Kiwis. They're back. They're back. But let's talk about the three-year-olds. We've got the Ned's oh, Classy. Um, what? The, the what, What's that race <laughs> usually called? The, Caulfield Classic. We'll oh, okay. It. Yeah, that makes sense because it's at Caulfield. Caulfield Classic, Mr. Maestro, Miramasa. I don't think I don't think Miramasa, uh, Mr. Maestro beats Miramasa next start. That was my initial gut instinct, and I'm going to stick with it. Fast tempo race, Miramasa settling outside the leader. I think it will improve going to a firmer track. What do you think, Jacko? Yeah, completely agree. Um, now, I, I know you guys can see my punting form notes that we sort of record, and in its in in its Valley Run, I I ran raved about it. I said this is a Derby horse, and I just really hoped it wouldn't run as well as it did, <laughs> and, we, and we might get a price in the Derby. I hoped it was going to run a nice fifth here and not second. Um, yeah, this. Miramasa is going to eat up 2,500 metres, Mr. Maestro. The market has it going to a level that I don't think it's got to yet. Yep. Um, and I think it's going to be unders next start. I think they're all no good, but um, Miramasa, um, we're probably going to get a fair enough price, I think, moving forward. Out of do, you not, do you not think it was like, and I think in Harry's own words, like that was a horrible ride the winner, but he really had no choice but to ride it horrible. Yeah. Any extra credit for that? Or they're just all no good? Yeah. Um, I still think I thought he was entitled if if those SPs are true and correct to him by length. Yeah. And a half yeah. And, not, and not just fall in. Um, yeah. It, certainly the conditions weren't, weren't ideal for it, that's for sure. So, yeah, I, I'm giving it some extra credence. But and they're all no good. Yeah, but yeah. not. <laughs> I, I'm not pricing Mr. Maestro. I'm not sure what price is in, in, in the Derby now. All ins, but I'm not pricing it as short as as short as that. I'm sure. What they're did you think of the um, third horse? Yeah. The pre race. Um, um, twenty five hundred meters at a minimum, maybe three and a half thousand off time. Mm. 
I, I thought good. the Derby trip may not have been far enough for it as well, yeah. but I thought it was like it would have to be some hope at the 2,500, wouldn't it? It it reminds me of um, T-Waters last year who ran, ran a placing in the Derby and was just grinding home. Mm. Uh, like This is going to be the horse that's just grinding home late. I don't think it can win. I think it can probably fall into a place beaten three or four lengths. Uh, if we have a look at the fillies and the ethereal, um, look, Renaissance Woman, uh, Foxy, Cleopatra, in terms of, you know, their ceiling runs, they sort of made their runs together coming from the back of the field off a fast tempo. So, again, like two good conditioning races for these going towards the Derby and the Oaks. Uh, they gapped third, which was Pavitra, which was the leader there. Um, any thoughts coming out of this, Jacko? I trust this form reference more than I will trust the Caulfield Classic. Going yep. to the Derby, I trust this. Going to the Oaks, this seems like the lead-up race. Um, these two horses, they both paraded well. Um, both made their runs together. It's a it's a strong enough number in a pretty in a in a particularly weak Oaks. Um, I don't think there's anything screaming out that behind these two that are going to overturn them. So um, I I trust the form reference. I think Foxy Cleopatra lightened off a little bit um, at that run compared to when I saw her at Sandown and then at the Valley. So I'm not sure how much more there is to come where I think the winner uh, will will sort of hold its condition a little bit better. So I'd be I'd be Team Renaissance Woman uh, going towards the Oaks, but it, it, all in at three dollars sixty. So there's no there's no sort of spoils there. I'm not telling you. Anything that the market's that the market's not. Rob, have you uh, seen this Pavitra before? Uh, the leader of the race, uh, American Pharaoh filly, um, trained by Richard and Will Friedman. It ran fifth in the flight stakes, beaten about seven and a half lengths behind Zoo yeah. Gotcha, but um, might be a yeah. better horse on top of the ground by the looks of the data. Yeah, I, I have seen it, and I look. I saw it that day. I think it was like fifty or hundred to one, yeah. and I thought it looked. No, I thought it looked very much not out of place in that field. I thought it was as good a type as any of them. Okay. I'd be looking for a jockey change there as well. I know we've sort of like given Jamie a few backhanders today, um, but like. Uh, sorry, speaking of, um, I won't repeat that quote word for word, but, but speaking of, how is the uh, Channel 7? Oh. Um, <laughs> sort of close up Bruce commentary. Is that not the best footage of the, the entire weekend? Um, and, then, and then Channel Seven tweeted it, and then and then I deleted it about forty minutes later. Like if you're going to go with it, just let you know, leave it up and go with it. I thought it was incredible content. Oh, I think yeah, it's, the, it's great footage. Great footage, and the comments, uh, the comments on the post from Channel Seven was probably the reason why they took it down. But what was the comments? Ah, uh, well, as you could imagine, being Twitter, it's pretty negative towards Jamie. Um, <laughs> You know, jumping off the top. wrong horse, jumping off the wrong yeah, thing, and gotcha. throwing a leg over the wrong thing, or whatever the, um, the double general. entendres all over the place. Oh, oh indeed. Um, <laughs> she was highly embarrassed by that footage too. Looking at her, she knew she was on camera, and she went as red as a um, beetroot. Beetroot. Well, she's we still riding, yeah. still riding very well. Last fifty rides, uh, fourteen winners, twenty eight percent strike rate, seven point eight percent return on interest. 
So, um, you know, yeah. nothing wrong with how Jamie's riding overall. But No, no, overall, when she's riding against the B grader, she rides well. When she's uh, riding in group or listed races, she's about five from 70. Like I said, sprint races, I prefer, you know, mile under um, this with her riding style. Anyway, well. Anyway, we're not here to bag. She's a good jockey. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was first on the bandwagon, I'm pretty sure, back in the day. Oh, yes, you were, Peter. Back Trumpet. in your Port Augusta days. I was, when you spotted I was too. A, when you spotted an up-and-coming 15-year-old and just rode in your black book three years uh, or whatever, in three years you'll be a likely type. Yeah. That, sorry to just get away from that, lads. Um, her, 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 her 14th from 50 does flatter a little bit. She's only five from her last 34, which is a little worse. The last. Uh, there's some competitive jocks in town too, I suppose. Yeah. But um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, he's hopeful. He's hopeful that Tim Clark gets his clock back because, um, and then see some tempo. Yeah. Uh, the 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 only other commentary I have from Caulfield. The rest, well, most of it was very ho hum, but the rest of it was particularly ho hum. The only black booker for the day, I think, was Cap de Joie out of race two. Uh, yep. Uh, the winner who we did back uh, was one one and had all favours, and Cap de Joie was out the back. I think. Um, back on a firmer surface, hopefully, maybe next start, uh, it'll win. I just, I'm just bring on Cup Week. I, I think by the time that these um, these B graders have their fun in the sun at Caulfield, and then you get your track specialist, uh, and then you you'll get your track specialist slash you know unsuited horses come out of Mooney Valley uh, when it's leaders all day for two days in a row. Bring on Cup Week. There'll be angles everywhere. Yes, indeed. And uh, Kels, you're going to be joining us down here in Melbourne, so there'll be plenty of content over the next week or so. We've got preview shows coming from everywhere. I'll be jumping on with victims of the punt for a bit of Sydney form going forward, so I have to actually do something a bit earlier for Sydney, which is like a bit of water torture for me, but that's okay. But uh, you'll be down here with Dicko and James to film live on Thursday. Live Thursday, old Bookie Jack will be bet top odds. Uh, some great winning chances, no doubt, like he normally is. Uh, Renaissance <laughs> oh. woman, Renaissance woman, he was bigger than Betfair. Uh, closing prices Saturday. As he was Giga Kick, as he was Nature Strip. Um, you know, now on Dynamic Odds, you can just go through there, all the races at Caulfield and Randwick and see what he was top odds on and just go, yeah, you know. Yeah, I really just enjoy this book, baby. You know? I just I like you know, moving these prices and having an opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, you can have an opinion all you want. How about getting one right? Yeah. About doing well, he we got one right. Come on. Nature's tribute. He, he, he put it out there and he, I thought he was being an idiot. Yeah, um, I thought he was leering a bit, but. Yeah, he's only doing it for likes, mate. He just yeah. needs that justification <laughs> in his life. He can't, he, was he, can't be just winning. he was also 240 and it started $2, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyhow, enough of him. Um, yeah, getting down there, Pistol, can't wait to get down there. Hopefully I can get to go to the races with Jackson one day just to watch how he goes about it in run and in the yard. That'll be fun. Any time, Kels. Um, any chance of getting me to the Valley Friday or Saturday night? I've also got to put up that on the agenda. I might be betting, but I'll just be there drinking hot. Last time I was at Rooney Valley, I was drinking warm Melbourne cans. Ugh. I'd imagine getting drinks and, and stuff at Mooney Valley Friday and Saturday night won't be that easy, though. Uh, so was it Moya Stakes night, the opening night of the Valley? The queues were about 150 metres long. I can't imagine it being much better this weekend. Yeah, I might go there. Yeah. It, just, was, it, it, it was actually genuinely fucked. Just get six 
a half dozen bolters at the start of the night and then just get more and more progressively blind as the night goes on and then kick on. Drink responsibly. Yeah, I won't be doing that either. Okay. Um, um, looking forward to that. I've got plenty of other meetings to bet out before between now yeah. and then anyway, Pistol, so. What have you got? Because uh, obviously Jackson's going to be doing, you know, like you just touched on it, uh, Geelong Cup this Wednesday, which will Are you be... you going, Jackson? Awesome going, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Suck shit. Um, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be there with our good friend, uh, trader Matt Barker, who yes. apparently for some reason is going down to the Geelong Cup. Uh, why wouldn't you? It's a good day um, and, from non-memory. And, and then we got Manicardo night, Friday night, in a Cox Plate, and then I will be at sale Sunday. Well, no, you <laughs> will not be at sale Sunday. <laughs> Sounds like a great three days. Oh, um, my goodness. It's meant to absolutely piss down Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, hopefully they all, they're all called off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Big week at, uh, in Queensland, Peter. Yep. Not to be outdone by the Cox Plate. Um, <laughs> Ipswich, Ipswich Wednesday, obviously I won't be attending. Um, Junior Curley will be probably heading down to Gatton on Thursday. Good. God's carpet. There is a Sunshine Coast meeting Friday night, so I'll be doing the form there. And then Saturday we've got the usual the usual bullshit, um, five race meetings to bet across, which should be fun. Sunday I will be either dead or recovering. So yeah, I might be betting Sunday. And you'll be coming with me to sail two and a half hours in the car. I'll be picking you up. Oh, look forward to that. Just just quickly, is this the last Cox Plate in the current configuration at Mooney Valley? Uh, I think is there one more? No, I'm not sure. I'm not up to date. I think, I think there's one more. Yeah, I just saw a heap of content over the weekend, the amphitheatre of Mooney Valley and the noise. And then... Look, they're going to knock that. Are they knocking that down or does it stay and they just change the configuration? No, they're knocking it down because it's because they're moving the track the, yeah. the other way, like 180 degrees. The grandstand's going to be the other side. So they have to be knocking it down, I'd assume. Jacko, have you already bought an apartment in the, the Mooney Valley Strait of the reconfigured track? Oh, I, I have been looking at it. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if I can re- retroactively get myself in trouble here, but I was on the top of the um, apartment. What's the, um, the, the first little apartment there on the home turn over COVID betting <laughs> in front. So I'm already well versed <laughs> with the Mooney Valley apartments. It must no, be you'd be retrospectively charged with bringing racing into disrepute. Yeah. You just imagine it, <laughs> Mummy, Daddy. What's that on top of the roof? I can hear something. Don't worry, it's just, it's just Jackson Oldham betting and run. Um, oh, fuck. Rob, you've got Warwick Farm Wednesday, Randwick on Saturday. The Spring Champion Stakes, the Invitation, the Calendar Presnell, the Brian Crowley, and um, some other races. Well, I'm just as excited. I'm more excited about Warwick Farm Wednesday, best track in Sydney. So you should get a consistent pattern. Uh, weather's looking okay. Look, um, it's a good thing because it, it's rained on the coast here a shitload this morning, and that's Miss Warwick Farm. So, um, yeah, turn the corner for October. Uh, we're back to square, and um, we're going to win again. All right. And then meanwhile in the west, there's Ascot and Ascot. Probably the best performing track as of right now, but there's still time. It can fall over at any stage. No, that's not. It's just a joke. But 
Three more weeks of uh, race by race, and I'm back there to bet the carnival, the pinnacles, or whatever they're calling them these days. Um, guys, thank you very much for the deep dive, as always. Plenty of bad beats, but also plenty of good information going forwards. Hopefully, I remember some of it. So, what I'm going to do now is put it into my punting form database and save them as notes, as you should too. Uh, until next week, guys, go well. Bye for now.